Here's Ray Ferraro, our TSN hockey analyst. Ray, on Leafs lunch is a presentation of Sierra So Joint Formula 14. Um, we threw this out. I'll ask you. If you're Connor McDavid and you're thinking, I'm going first overall, and I'm reading the tea leaves at this point, Buffalo, Edmonton, or Carolina, who are you rooting for to have that first overall pick? Um, um, Buffalo. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was thinking. Just by a nose. Uh, but I, I think they're in a... They're in a place that um, would be comfortable for a player like McDavid. They're not; they don't have the years of I don't know what piled on top of them, like Edmonton. Um, Ray, can you explain what the hell's going on in Edmonton? They're not very good. Dude, it's Tim Bits hockey out there. The puck goes in the corner. Five guys go in the corner. It goes in the other corner. Five guys go in the other corner. It's amazing. It's actually it's like, actually quite amazing. And you know, one I don't know if anyone's really talked about this. I saw some numbers this morning, but um, so last year, you know, Devin Dubnik took it right between the teeth there, yeah, or right between the eyes in uh, in Edmonton early in the year. Man, he was terrible. The team was terrible. He ended up losing his job and. Their goaltending's much better. Their save percentage is like 83%. It's no better. Yeah, but would Hashik in his prime help that team? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. The team, the, the, they've just, in in my opinion, I hate talking about the Oilers because I feel like I'm a broken record here. I but know, but it's, it, you have they've to. They've compounded error after error after error by making the same error over and over. If this is what the season looks like in six games, or in in rather in four more games, they got to get Dreisaitl back to junior, yes. and they got to get Nurse back. To yes. Junior. But yes. What, what, is there any other fallout? Like, what else happens? Does the coach get canned if this garbage keeps well, up? You know, you know what, oh, the other night, I, wa- I don't know if you watched the L.A. game or not, because um, that was worse than the Arizona game. Yes, that yeah. was complete and utter domination. That was and, Ted and Nolan's I thought, yes, For the first time, I thought, you know, the big the, the biggest issue they're starting to face now is, like, at no time, not for one second, did it look like the Oilers thought they could win the game in L.A. And the coach looked like he didn't have any answers for them. No. I know they were banged up, but lots of teams get banged up. But that was the first time I thought, you know what, they might not be able to stay the course with the coach there. Like, that was the first time I re- – like, I thought last year he was, it was just a debacle from the, from the get-go. You know, from the from almost the very first day when he took the donuts away from the from the writers, like his focus was was too wide. I mean, they needed to have like, you know, you can't change the world. You got to focus on what's right in front of you, and they had plenty of work right in front of them. And now they get to the second year, and they should be more comfortable. There should be signs of improvement, and there really there really hasn't been. And you can, I mean, they've got the players they've got, but. Would they be better served with a more experienced coach? Uh, I, I mean, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be less served. That's for sure. Aren't they? I mean, in, he, aren't they? He in looks dan- like he doesn't have an answer for them. Aren't they in danger of? You remember teams that had the country club atmosphere. Guess who got called? Mike Keenan. 
Everyone thought Mike Keenan was going away forever, and then all of a sudden, some general manager thought there was a country club atmosphere well, being that's developed. But Torts does that's, too. It's going to be Torts. Well, but you you just said it. Dominic Hasek in his prime. Like there's there's and no Wah, both th- of them in net. You could put two guys in net and you'd yeah. still lose. But, like but the, the, the reality th- is, a bad team is a bad team is a bad you, team. They're you, just not good. I, I we just talked game. about it. The coach talked about his preparation for the next training camp. All they had to do was focus on playing without the puck. That was their only focus. They got some skill, and they literally. But here's, do here's the thing, though. They do have skill, but if you look at their numbers over the last four or five years, they don't score many goals either. No. Yeah, they they've don't. got all kinds of talent, right? It's yeah. apparent. You watch it. But they don't score many goals. They never score five on five. You're right. But that's You know what, Ray? I, I watched that game last night, and at what point does Taylor Hall say, I'm done, I'm good here, because this is a guy who's team. got... Uh, I'm a big fan of Taylor Hall's. I, I think he's a wonderful player, and you know he's the only guy for me last night that turned a wheel consistently for the Oilers. He works hard every shift. You can say what you want about him, but at least the guy works hard. And and at some at what point does he just say, "All right, like I, I, I can't handle this anymore." Man, he's well. So what's he four years in? This is his fourth year. You know, I I assume there comes a point where you think, you know, you know, we're making progress, we're getting better, we're going to be better. And then it goes, wait a minute, we're in the same spot we were four years ago. So, I, I mean, he's got, what, three years left on his contract? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't imagine. I, I mean, we saw him last year. Frustration builds in that kid. You know, he's a he's got an engine that churns all the time. And um, I can't imagine that, that you're going to want to sit around there and watch the better part of your early part of your career waste away if you can't show improvement. They... Their model is clearly flawed. I mean, if they can't see that, then I, I don't know what they're looking at. Their model for building the team is clearly flawed. And so you have to start almost again at what your model is going to be. And the model cannot be getting 18- and 19-year-old players in your lineup. It can't be. You're, you're right. They're going to rebuild. That's, o said this the other day, and he, he goes, I, I don't even want to sound stupid on this. He said... Do they need a rebuild on the, the rebuild? rebuild? Yeah. They well, do. I, I mean, Craig McTavish said in training camp, you know, they've got to find out if Hall or if uh, Eberle and Nugent Hopkins are good players or great players. Like that, you know, part of their whole initial rebuild, we'll call it, is that all these forwards are going to be able to drag everything else along. The league is different than it was in 1985. You, you have to be able to defend and and counter off your defense. Forwards don't dominate the game like they used to be able to dominate the game. There's too much back pressure. You've got to get the puck out of your hands quicker. You've got to be able to retrieve it. They don't. They, you know, they, they have half a dozen forwards that are all the same. There's no variance in their lineup. I guess they tried that with Teddy Purcell and and Benoit Pouliot, that's too early to tell on them. But, man, oh man it's, it, guys, it's just it's, uh, it's really difficult to find something positive to say about them. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, sometimes I try, and I just I, I can't. Yeah, you, you run out of material quickly. It is. You hit a wall really quickly. Um, we caught up with Stuart Percy in the previous hour, and we've spoken a lot about him and what he's done early in the season. And, obviously, the past week or so, we've talked a lot about Jake Gardner and whether or not he'll get back into the lineup tomorrow night. But I said this yesterday, Ray, and I can't recall if we brought it up when you were in with us. I don't think we did. 
But I think Percy has earned himself more than just simply playing for the next game. I think when you've got a young guy who's played four very high-end games, let's say he comes back to life a little bit Friday night, I don't want to see him pulled out Saturday. I think he deserves a chance to try to get it back on the rails. Uh, Where do you stand on that in terms of him so far this season earning more than just simply playing for the next game? Uh, I, I... I don't disagree. Um, you know, I'm doing the game here in Ottawa tonight, and they took Curtis Lazar out. Uh, he played two really good games, first two games. Noodles, you did the first or did the second one, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I I did one as well. He's he's a really good player. They took him out uh, for the last game and said, um, you know, just want to give him a breather here. You know, things are, you know, don't want him to to take too much on. And so say Percy does have a messy night on Friday. There's nothing wrong if you take him out Saturday and you put him in Tuesday. Like, I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a – what I don't understand is if, say, he has a rough one Friday and they take him out Friday, they take him out Saturday, they take him out Tuesday – or they take him out Saturday, they take him out Tuesday, they take him out Thursday, pretty soon he's not played in a week. But isn't isn't there an idea that – he shouldn't come out if he has one bad game. Like, give him some confidence. Why is it always take away, take away? Oh, well, you know what? Show he, me a response on Saturday night if you stink to join out on Friday. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I could, I could see them if they sit him for one. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. You got lots, you know, you've got enough players, and you've got to make sure. Or one of the things you, you should probably try to make sure is nobody sits too long, because then you lose that guy, whoever it might be. Like right yeah. now. Uh, it's time for Gardner to be back in the lineup pretty quick here. Like he's not getting anything from practicing. Like that, that's, that's the biggest misnomer ever, that coaches tell you, get a couple of good practices in and you'll be sharper when you come back. Are you kidding me? Well, don't you, you think he's going to be a victim of superstition? The coach wants to go with the same lineup. Nobody wants to change their lineup after a W. No. And, and so, good, you keep practicing and you're not getting better. You're not getting more ready. You're getting less ready. Because now you haven't played in a game. You only played two games to start, right? You've got no rhythm, no balance to your to to anything that you do. Uh, look, it's it's a it's a tough deal if they're going to sit somebody out right now it, it, based on merit, which is what they talked about from the start of training camp. Then it should be Robida. He, he's been the least effective defenseman so far. I agree. Well, and that's where the challenge comes for Randy Carlisle and them following through on what they've said in the past, that it is based on merit. Whoever plays the best will play. Whoever doesn't will sit. And here's a perfect example of that, and we'll see what happens this weekend. I also think what you risk when it comes to Carlisle, who is an old-school coach, I think it's fairly obvious he has certain players that he trusts and he plays them, and he overplays them in many ways. And if you're on the opposite, opposite side of that spectrum with Randy Carlisle, I would I would gather it's a lot more difficult to dig dig out of his doghouse than maybe the average more modern head coach in the NHL. I get that impression. Well, there are uh, there are some coaches that just don't like the way a certain guy looks in the game, and you can do whatever you want. You're never going to dig your way out of that guy's doghouse. I had a coach like that, and I felt like it didn't really matter what I was going to do. It wasn't. It wasn't going to happen for me, and I'm sure. Oh, you must have had a guy, Noodles. You must have had a guy somewhere where you went. I, they just they don't dig the way I play and yep. the way that I'm trying to play. 
And Dave it, Farish and, was mine. Dave Farish. Me? Dave Farish was mine. It, it couldn't happen for you. No, it didn't matter what. I, if I got a shutout, I, he still found a way to chirp me. Yeah, for for me, for me, it was Rick Lee, and it didn't matter. I could have painted his house, and it would have been the wrong <laughs> color. And so, you know, I I like Ricky Lee. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm sure he's a fabulous guy. He, he couldn't stand me as a player. And then I got traded, so it didn't really matter anymore. So I, I, I look at, like, you know, Jake Gardner's in the doghouse. Carlisle doesn't like some things that he does on the ice, yet they're part of what Gardner or how Gardner plays. And so that's either going to get reconciled or this, this is going to go on for as long as either of them are here. Well, and this is where you, ha- you have to wonder where management comes into play. And this is always intriguing to me as an outsider. And you guys would have more insight on this than I do. And maybe the game has changed since you guys played. But you have to wonder where Nonis comes into play, how loud his vote would be, Shanahan. Because Shanahan was here, Nonis was here, and they just gave him a five-year deal at four, $4 million per. So Not to sit in the stands. Not to sit in the stands. Yeah, and not to be in a guy's doghouse. So well, the, if you don't think management has a say in how the roster's constructed, uh, Colt Orr and Razor McLaren are in the American League. Right. So there, there, there are battles that constantly go on between management and coaches as to, and not just in Toronto, but uh, almost everywhere. You know, a coach will want one player, management thinks something else, and for a variety of reasons. Sometimes the coach wins and sometimes the manager wins. And it's not always, you know, hey, we're on the same page. Sometimes you you got to chew on one because you hope to win the next one. And and so like Gardner's not going anywhere right now. I mean, he just I mean, they just signed him. He's not he's not going anywhere. And this will have to sort itself out long before somebody leaves town. So we've got Habs Bruins tonight at the Bell Center. Do you think this game could buck the trend and actually live up to expectations and be crazy and feel like no. a lot of emotion? No, you don't see it happening. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that happens anymore. I think it'll be awesome and a uh, a, a great home opener, and there'll be lots of energy because it's a home opener, even more because it's the Bruins. But I I don't think it's going to turn into the wild west i don't i just don't think that happens anymore no that, I think that you're stuff right. happens like kind of out of the blue yeah you're like you're like how did that happen and it's a it's pandemonium when you expect it it never really seems to come to fruition hayes is hoping for it though he's been talking about it for an hour and 20 minutes now why don't you go into the dressing rooms and see if you could fire them up? Maybe I will, actually. Maybe I'll fly to Montreal after the show, get right you in the line. WWE fire them up. Yes, I will. I'll go in there, and I will put on a pep talk that has never been seen before. And I will demand action, and it will happen. I will be like a general. I just, I think, I still believe, like, I think the league may, not only they're watching, they watch everything, but there may have been a call or two. I, w- I would think there would have been... There probably would be, but that goes to the GMs. Like, you can't call Milan Lucic on a game day and say, hey, Milan, if a fight pops up, don't fight, please. I, I'm not saying that, but it just, I, I think, you know, we're talking about Ray. Ray was there. He, he witnessed the Bertuzzi-Moore incident. Yeah. That's not going to be, this, there's not, you know, he's not looking to, to go out. 
and go after Yemelin, Markov, and Weiss and injure them severely. He's he's looking for retribution because they beat him last year in the playoffs. So his Milan Lucic's best suited is probably go out and finish every check and be Milan Lucic, a scary individual. How and about if, just score a couple goals? Yeah, and, and, and get get your game back on track because he hasn't been great to start the season. And if he gets it, and the way it works, if he gets a chance to punish one of those guys, he's going to do it. And if Yemelin gets a chance to take a run at Lucic, they're going to do it. And that's that's where whenever people think of payback or something, that's that's kind of the that's the way it, it manifests itself. And if somebody wants to jump in, if there's a big hit, well, then you got a little bit of a messy deal. But the the league won't get caught with their pants down like they did in the Colorado Vancouver stuff with that ended up with Bertuzzi Moore. They they were not active enough, and they probably in a quiet moment would would admit to that, and I think they're more involved now than they've ever been when they when there's a game to be spotlighted that both teams get a get a note, get a call, and if the game's out of control, then that's up to the coach to make sure that or to do his best to to see that it doesn't it do, he doesn't add fuel to the fire. It's a tough game to officiate for sure tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it could be and and we brought this up earlier. The focus is on Lucic because he's been the main character of this whole thing. Right. And the protagonist, really, the guy that's went through the handshake line and threatened people. Yes. Um, but what about on the flip side? Like, what if Lucic is frothing at the mouth? How do the Habs respond? I mean, what what happens if Travis Mullen or Dale Weiss or Brandon Prust are watching this guy skate around like a maniac what kind of position are they in because of everything you just detailed, where the league is saying, just relax, tone it down They here. can challenge him to a fight if they want. I guess they'd have to, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, or they could take a run to David Krejci. They could do that, too. And then you really have Bedlam, because then Big Z wakes up and says, all right, let's start well, rolling here. <laughs> exactly. And that's why, as much as you know, people want things to be neat and tidy, sometimes it just isn't. You know, I mean, the, the direct way would be, to send the message as if Lucic is running around as one of those guys you mentioned would, would challenge him to a fight and you could throw Tenorti in there as well and you know and and then they would fight and that would that would be one way. Or if they you know, if Lucic takes a big run at Thomas Placanitz, then the other way to go about it is to take a big run at one of their better players. And that's where things can escalate for sure. Ray just one last little thing. Uh, I think you're going to have to send our buddy Tom Curvers a text again today. I saw it 25 years ago today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, that's right. That's solid. <laughs> 25 years ago today, he became a legend for all the wrong reasons in this city. Scotty Niedemeyer could probably still be playing. I remember one time we were playing the, uh, the Devils, and we were sitting on the bench, and he went back to pick up a puck, and he went behind the net, and you know, just left everybody in the dust as he skated out of the zone. And and Pat Flatley was sitting beside me, and he's like, how come we work so hard and he doesn't even try? <laughs> like, he just he just went back, he swooped up, he picked up the puck, and whoosh, he was gone. And I was like, oh, my God, look at that. Yeah, but I will be I will be sending to old Tommy a note today. This is one that he should not forget. No, I'm For sure. sure. I'm sure, I'm sure he he's thrilled. Oh, I'm yes. sure he's thrilled. Today. Why wouldn't he be? 25 years ago today. 
Tom Curvis for the first round pick in the 91 draft, the Lindros draft. Uh, the best got... part about that is people are angry at him. He didn't ask to leave. He didn't ask to come there. No. And he certainly didn't ask them to draft Niedermeyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to fly, buddy, but you got some business to take care of featuring Sierra Sil. Yeah, you betcha. Sierra Sil joined Formula 14, sponsors the spot here. 18 years as a player in the NHL, and now that I'm on the south end of 50, I'm starting to deal with lots of aches and pains on a daily basis. I started taking Sierra Sil joined Formula 14 well over a year ago. It's helped, helped me feel better. It's helped my golf game because my back isn't as sore as it seemed to be before I started taking it. And the best part about Sierra Sil joined Formula 14 is you get two weeks, 14 days to try it out. If it doesn't help you out or you don't think it's helping you, you can get your money back. It's it's basically a, a no-muss, no-fuss trial. you got two choices. Keep living with joint pain or do what I've done and give Sierra Sil joined Formula 14 a try. It's available in natural health stores everywhere. Check them out online, sierrasil.ca. All right, buddy. We'll catch you between the benches tonight on TSN 5. You betcha. See you guys. Have a good day. There he is. Ray Ferraro on uh, Leafs Lunch was a presentation of Sierra Sil joint Formula 14.